Welcome to Awakening, the podcast. A podcast hosted by a group of friends who interview various people about their faith, theology, and many other things. Buckle up for today's adventure in Awakening, the podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to Awakening, the podcast. Um, I'm Noah. I'm joined here with Reagan and Carter. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about mental health. We did want to place a disclaimer that neither, none of us are mental health professionals or licensed counselors at all. Um, We do want to mention that if you are struggling with mental health and you need help immediately, please contact the National Suicide and Crisis Line. Um, That number is 988. So please feel free to reach out to them. Please use your resources around you. But we wanted to place this disclaimer just because we are going to be talking about some heavier subjects and talking about mental health within the church, but also our own experiences. So first we wanted to kind of bring up our own experiences, our own definition of mental health and what it's meant to us. Um, my, I guess my definition would be for mental health is just like, for me personally, it's just like a, almost like a chemical imbalance within your brain or stuff like that. Or, you know, when I think of mental health, all I can think of is like the, the bad things, um, like psychologically for me with just anxiety and those like depression and bipolarness and those types of things. Um, but yeah, that's, that's just kind of my, not definition, but when I hear mental health, that's what comes up to my, my brain. Um, for me, I, I agree with, you know, it's definitely like a huge part of it is like chemical imbalances in the brain. Um, but then also like, I feel like people can take like the medical aspect aspect out of it and people can turn it into like let's say they're nervous about something but they'll translate that as anxiety or let's say somebody's just like just has normal ups and downs um in like everyday life like they're sad um because like something happened like situational you know it could be whatever but then they label themselves and say they have depression or they have you know a bipolar disorder but really like these things have to do with like chemical imbalances in the brain um and it's just not something as simple as like oh i'm nervous i've been nervous the last couple days so that means i have anxiety like that type of thing um i actually agree with that entirely um i think the medical aspect can be taken a lot like out of hand and out of context because a lot of people that are nervous or anxious about something normal where the average amount of positive or negative stress is released and you are focused on that um there's a difference between mental health and stress or anxiety in that way because mental health personally to me is basically just an immense amount of emotional or mental struggles and trudges in my own way because to get a diagnosis or to get um, testing for certain things, you would have to be physically affected by your own mental struggles. So if you aren't necessarily experiencing some sort of like physical effects from the mental or psychological aspects of mental health, then consulting a doctor or a mental health professional You could be just told that you are stressed or that you are experiencing normal anxiety because life happens. But 
that's where I think the medical aspect is taken out of it. But us within the church um, try to twist mental health around and make it seem like such a negative thing as God has given us these emotions. So that's why I think mental health and normal emotions can be two different things. It's a chemical thing. It's a it's a mental stronghold that is causing a negative physical and mental toll on someone. Yeah, um, I kind of wanted to go into like what the CDC, like these professionals kind of define as mental health. And it, what they say is mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others, and make healthy choices. So going into that... Um, I kind of want to just go over each one of our own mental health experiences and how we've worked through that with God and within the church, but also just um, a little bit of like medically, like how we um, use doctors and medications to kind of help where we're at and how God can use those medications and those kind of things for our good and how they're not, you know. So for me, again, I'm Noah. Um, I have had uh, like an anxiety disorder um, run through my family for a long time um, I didn't really know that didn't pay attention to it and this is kind of a part of my testimony but just to briefly touch on it I was about 2020 during COVID um, where I got COVID and then my mind just started to go to weird things of like how I thought I was you know gonna die and those type of things um, so I ended up kind of freaking out palm sweaty sweating uh, your mind kind of just gets in this haze or I was just in this haze, and then uh, it was it was very difficult to get out of because you, you don't know what's going on, especially initially when you talk when you talk about anxiety mm-hmm. and panic attacks, you have no idea what what's going on, mm-hmm. and so um, I think I multiple trips to the ER because I thought I was having a heart attack, and like it's just you feel this pain in your chest, what makes it feel like you're having a heart attack, so then you start to question it, and then it furthers your panic and anxiety. Um, so that was really bad for me. Uh, I just I, I didn't sleep for five days like day and night didn't sleep it, w- it wasn't good um, but the, the pros that came out of it is uh, I did go to the doctor and I saw the doctor and what they did tell me was that I was having panic attack and I had anxiety and those types of things which throughout my 20 years of living that is at that time is when I fully experienced it and what it was actually like mm-hmm. and um, I think God really used the medical aspect of it because then I took medications for it I took two of them one was to like get my um, if I had anxiety in the moment it would calm my anxiety down it was kind of just like if I was having a panic attack it was like a a medication that would just calm it down immediately but then I take a daily one that was like for every day and so I think he really used that because it was an opportunity to get me to sleep but also calm me down and then just him his presence and his goodness Mm -hmm. And all this type of thing. I just leaned on him and trusted him. So now, like, glory to God, I'm off medication. I don't take him anymore. I just have a better way, I feel like. of I know when I'm having anxiety and I know when I'm having, like, a panic attack. So I can identify that and then use that mm-hmm. um, for, for my good and for, you know, yeah. God's glory. And one of the verses that helps me a lot is Matthew 6, 25 through 34, where it talks about just, like, not worrying about tomorrow. And not worrying about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, and those types of things, because the Lord takes care of that every day for us. So just kind of living in the moment, living in um, what He has for me in the present, and not days 
what is going to happen this and then that's what raises up my anxiety that's what raises up my panic attacks and those types of things when I start thinking too much but um yeah it's it was definitely a rough journey and I still kind of deal with it every once in a while but the Lord has delivered me through that tremendously but I'm really happy that I've kind of had an outlet with him and just with the doctors and those types of things so yeah for me um kind of the same thing that as Noah talked about like I have a family history of like just mental health disorders um just mainly anxiety and like severe depression stuff um I always as a little kid had a lot of anxiety um at a young age I had like separation anxiety um and just like different little things um and then we never I never um I first got diagnosed with depression when I was 14 um in high school and it all honestly just kind of came about I didn't really know what was going on um I ended up visiting with a psychiatrist and told him what was going on um and you know they like did some tests and stuff and they diagnosed me with depression and they were telling me that there was a lot of um like chemical imbalances in my brain um so as a result of that i went through a lot of different medications um some of the medications helped others i went through were actually making things worse um and throwing off the chemical imbalances in my brain even more um so it was a lot of tough years of like figuring out what medications to get, but then also figuring out like different mental health disorders I had. Um, a couple months ago, we actually found out that I have a bipolar disorder um, and we never really found that out until later. Um, so that's been like a huge factor of um, like today of like how I uh, struggle with mental health. Um, but like, honestly, like just, in general, just to make things short, um, mental health is something I've struggled with for years. Um, it's a huge, huge part of my testimony and just um, my walk with God. Um, you know, like, and especially like the first half of my life. Well, I guess I'm not even that old. I'm 22. Um, <laughs> but like the first, um, I'd say four years after we found after I got diagnosed. Um, it was at a time when I wasn't really following God and I wasn't taking my relationship with him seriously. Um, and I was, instead of leaning towards him for help, I was leaning towards worldly things like friendships um, and like just different things. And eventually those friendships became super toxic. Um, and all of my friends in high school, like one of my best friends at the time, he struggled with severe mental health stuff. Um, like bipolar disorders and he suffered with schizophrenia and like way worse stuff than I do um, and it got to the point where we were like feeding off of each other's emotions and just dragging each other down um, but so yeah the first couple of years I was not following God and did not it didn't help my case whatsoever um, but then long story short once I started following God again um, I came to find out that when it comes to like having anxiety and depression or like different bipolar um like moods and stuff i like leaning on god has been a huge help 
because um, for a long time I would rely on the medication um, to help me, but now I've been using like the word and what God says as an outlet and that really helps and like um, just surrounding yourself with like Christian people um, mm-hmm. and like people who love you that has really helped me a lot. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, like I said at the beginning of this, there's a huge part of mental health that's just like, has to do with chemical imbalances. Um, and I honestly didn't understand it at first. I just thought it was like a, like depression and like anxiety were just a general thing that like every, literally everyone on the earth experienced. Um, but then after talking with my psychiatrist and like other doctors and therapists, like, I came to find out how, like, what mental health actually is, um, and it helps me understand more why, like, I feel the way I do, or, like, why I have the thoughts I have, um, and so, yeah. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Um, I think mine has been pretty similar to that experience, kind of both. Um, I was 14 when I was diagnosed with anxiety, and it was just a generalized anxiety disorder. Um, And I didn't think it affected me too much until sophomore year of high school. And I started to get small anxiety attacks in the middle of class. If I had to do public speaking or if I had to do an assignment where I had to record myself, I started to notice that I didn't like the way that I was presenting myself. And so the anxiety began to affect the way that I was viewing myself, others, and kind of just the situations around me. And so I went back to the doctor and they were saying that it was becoming to be more of a severe and like physical anxiety um, sort of trek for me. But I was then 17 when I was diagnosed with bipolar and that made me spiral. And I was not following God at the time. So I didn't have anything other than medication that I was relying on. But I refused medication for so long because I didn't want to idolize it. Um, I was scared that I was going to get addicted. I was going to get reliant on it, and I didn't want that for myself. I have genetic history of addiction, of mental illness, specifically depression and anxiety. So I was so scared that I was going to fall into the same patterns and I was going to struggle with such harsh things, but I wasn't using the resources around me, like counselors, medical professionals very often, and turning to the people that were surround that I was surrounding myself with. I definitely think that surrounding myself with the right people helped me to break out of certain patterns and just and certain um, systems of relief. So I would definitely say that my friend group, similar to Carter's, affected me. I just had to notice very quickly that the people I was surrounding myself with were not helping my anxiety and I had to make that change. And so when I began attending church and being more involved at the church, I definitely noticed that I was, I didn't want to be on medications anymore. I didn't want to be relying on anything other than God. I just had that passion and that fire that all you want to do is just place everything at the feet of Jesus and just let it all go. So I felt like medication was holding me back and I stopped taking any of it. So I've been off of that medication for about two-ish years and... I think surrendering everything that I had gone through in the past and will go through in the future has definitely helped my worry and those things. 
but that doesn't mean that I don't still struggle with my anxiety and my bipolar depression at all. It just means that I start to have new forms of relief and more reliance on God and the people around me and my positive friend group and those sort of things. But I definitely think um, the verse, Psalms 1, 147.3, where it says that he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their um, their wounds, has brought me through a lot. Because I never thought that I was going to be able to survive anything that I went through. But I have survived 100% of the bad days that I have gone through, and I think no less of my future. And that is because of Christ and the grace and the forgiveness that he's given me. So tied to all of that, yes, I turned to Christ and necessarily stopped relying on mental health professionals but that kind of leads into what I wanted to talk about next where I just I felt almost a conviction of talking to mental health professionals but within the church it's not necessarily frowned upon but it's also not accepted necessarily to turn to mental health professionals so I was gonna see what other people thought and maybe we could discuss that as well yeah um I don't think it's a I really don't believe that it's a, a bad thing to talk to mental health professionals and those like medications and those types of things because it's 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 ultimately ultimately from God, mm-hmm. and um, God's hand is definitely on those types of things. I believe. Um, uh, I think God gives us a way out through that as well. Sometimes I think a lot of people will just say, "Oh, just pray to Jesus," you know, lay it at the feet of God, mm-hmm. and that's it. Cut it off. But it's more than that. Sometimes, you know what I mean. Um, while that's the most like probably powerful thing, God also gives us a way out, as in you know medical assistance mm-hmm. and um, community around us and yeah. uh, medication. But kind of going to that question, I think it's not a bad thing until you idolize it. Yep. Um, when you look to mental health professionals, like hey, save me from this mm-hmm. time, save me from this, yeah. and then or you look to your medication, that bottle, and be like, hey, I, like I really need this right now. Um, I think it can help sustain you and just kind of keep you calm in that moment and you can thank God for that. But at the yeah. same time, I don't think it's a um, good thing to look to that as your yeah. ultimate source as we look to Christ as our ultimate source and our ultimate, um, you know, savior and what, what can actually yeah. save us. Because when we when we enter into eternity, yeah. um, none of those mental health or none of those, uh, the medications or anything like that are going to yeah. follow us there. Um, so I just think that it's really, really beneficial to have these things, and people can overlook that as well. Yeah. Like, oh well, I'm a Christian, so I should probably like I don't need a, a therapist. Mm-hmm. I don't need medication, but we do yeah. sometimes, and that's okay. Like, it's really okay. Um, I found this quote, and I was kind of scrolling through social media, and it, it came to me in a perfect time because before leading up to this podcast, and it says, "You can go to counseling and still trust Jesus. You can take medication and believe in healing. You can have a spiritual director and still be led by the Holy Spirit." You can seek medical advice and know that God's the great physician. You can seek a therapist That's and good. seek com- and be confident that God is still able. So I think um, you can seek all those things, but in the end, you have to look at okay, God provided this and thank Him for that and walk in that with joy and happiness and yeah. um, find that find that love for Him even more yeah. in that moment. So yeah. Well, I always think of like, am I opening up? A pill bottle or my Bible first? Yeah. Which one am I turning to first? Mm-hmm. Because both of them are resources and they're placed for a reason. And God gave us both of these for our direction and guidance and help. But which one are we actually idolizing? And which one do we think is going to do the most to help us at the yeah. time? Because I think it's really easy for us to, like, Google 
like mm-hmm. sermon for anxiety or yeah. um like open up the pill bottle and be like oh this will this will help in 10 minutes like i'll be good in however long yeah. but are we willing to sit in that anxiety in a way of like can we turn to god and be like hey i'm struggling with these things and i really i want to use this for your glory like how, what can i learn out of this not how can i get rid of it but how can i learn yeah so i think it's just the type of stronghold that anxiety or depression can kind of have it's it's almost looked at within the church from my experience that it's depression or god but it's honestly depression and god yeah because um jesus was overcome with sorrow like he he felt that he had compassion for people he fell on his knees and was crying like jesus knew emotion Mm. so how are we to think that we can't have emotion and feel sadness or joy because god placed that he gave us emotion for a reason um when i was reading through and i was just praying about this i i remember that paul struggled with his feelings with him he he talks about it um and even psalms talks about it like the the amount of anger the depth of sorrow the the fears that are brought up in psalms like that is almost a just uh, a reassurance that i'm okay to feel emotions even if they don't feel good at Mm -hmm. the time because i don't want to try and get rid of them with medication anymore i don't want to try and rid them so i can just be okay you you wouldn't know okay without bad yeah you wouldn't know good without feeling that depth Mm. of sorrow so i think it's we almost have to just view it in a different way and i think i think god really helps with that it's a process for sure but i think god helps with that for sure yeah absolutely um also i think a part of that and like with not getting help or not reaching Mm -hmm. out sometimes that can create even more sin within us because at the same time we're kind of this will bang like maybe what god's placed in front of Mm -hmm. us but at the same time, it also can, it causes a lot of anger, not going to somebody. Um, it causes a lot of more anxiety and more, more whatever you're going through mentally. It causes more of that because for me and like my experience, my friends at the time, like they didn't really deal with that, like on the level that I did because like I didn't tell them about it. Mm-hmm. And so they would, you know, it, but it created more like what what's going on? Like, why aren't they saying something or why, why aren't they doing something? But in reality, it was within me. Like I didn't mm-hmm. speak up. So I think um, a part of that, it just causes a lot more um, stress and anxiety and anger and all that stuff within Mm -hmm. us. Because if we're not going to say something, um, that's just going to hurt us. And I don't think God likes that as well. Just looking at us being like, you know, I've given you opportunities. I've given you, um, I've given you mental health professionals. I've given you these things. So reach out to those resources. Reach out to me. But yeah, that's just, that's really good. I agree. The only thing that can necessarily conquer mental health is Christ and what he's done. Yeah. So with mental health professionals being placed by Christ and given the the skills and the necessary knowledge that's needed to provide for us, mm-hmm. like we would be completely ignoring what God has done in other people's lives yeah. by not receiving what he wants us to receive. Mm-hmm. So if we were to completely disregard the skills and knowledge that a mental health professional has, we are not glorifying God by receiving his grace. Yeah. We are not glorifying him by being the best us that we could be that he has called us to be. 
if he has given us resources that we do not idolize, that we that we use for our benefit, but we turn to him and we're like, God, I thank you. I, I praise yeah. you for, for giving these. Yeah. That is necessarily all that he wants us to do. Mm-hmm. I think it can get negative when we start to idolize those things. Yeah. But with the disorders being so complex and us humans that think that they're so negative and like you really gotta like fight through this and it has to be an immediate fix yeah it has to be an immediate relief yeah to something so i think that's what makes it hard for people within the church because like a lot of christianity is based on waiting mm-hmm. a lot of that because that's when faith is really needed yeah so i think people turn to medication not for negative reasons but because it's quick yeah it's an easy fix and then they forget to praise god for those that he's provided or the finances to get the medications the people he placed just it depends on what order you're placing them in yeah so are you placing medication above god yeah or are you placing god above medication because he provided that yeah and i think also um obviously the mental health and all that matters to god and matters to jesus and all those things but um I think there's something that's been revealed to me is that like he heals like through the mental mm-hmm. or the the mental health professionals and the doctors and stuff like that. So when we think, oh, this this doctor, this medication healed me, no, I I, I really believe that it was Jesus like that gave us that, yeah. and through that we are healed. So mm-hmm. when we do those things, we can still go back and be like, Jesus healed me, and then be like, you know, because then it's. It's him that's doing it. He, he provided the medication. He provided that professional. So um, when we go back to that, we can't look at the, thank the doctors, but then ultimately thank God for that person because they helped you heal. Yeah. And they helped you. And same thing with the medication. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a, within our church, I'm a one-to-one caregiver, meaning that I meet with one person for however long they need if they're going through something. Mm-hmm. So I actually used counseling one-to-one caregiving, those sort of relationships that I could build to walk with Christ because they, I chose Christian caregivers. Mm. I chose to place myself in that. But they would walk with me through everything that I was struggling with. If I was just struggling with like small things and I was just so anxious over them because anxiety sucks. Um, they were willing to walk with me through that. And so yeah. I wanted to be that for someone. So I'm not going to look at that person and be like, they they don't need me necessarily. But I I chose to do this because God led me there. Yeah. I chose to be obedient to God and help others and pour into others and pray with them and just walk with them because I know the way and the weight that mm-hmm. mental health has on someone yeah so who am i to say that i'm gonna be the caregiver mm-hmm. that's that's not my job i am to be a caregiver yeah not a caregiver that is god entirely so who am i to think that god did not place me there yeah. that i am not still glorifying god that i am the cure mm-hmm. that is still god no matter if i'm the one providing that i would think the same for a professional mental health person. yeah i would think the exact same that they're going to provide that care and those necessities by God. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that the knowledge was given. I believe that the resources were given. So who am I to not glorify God 
by doing the things he has asked me to do, whether that be take medication or to not. Yeah. You just have to be obedient and have that discernment to be able to choose where God wants you to be and what he needs you to be focusing on and using in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. Um, when you said like glorifying God, I thought about an upper room um, like message and I've sent some of the students it as well, but it's in John 12, uh, 27, 28. And he says, now my soul is troubled. What should I do? What should I say? Father, save me from this hour. But that is why I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. The crowd saying there heard it and said it, it was thunder. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus said the voice came not for me but for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just when we, try to, when we give God the glory, when we ask God to glorify and glorify his name with it, he's, I don't, he's just not going to sit there and be like, no. You know, mm-hmm. um, I really believe that when we ask him to glorify, he's going to glorify it. And maybe not in that, in that specific time that we want him to, mm-hmm. to kind of give that to him and then use that and like take us out of it. Mm-hmm. And so I think like in verse, you know, 27, which says, now my soul is troubled. What should I say? Father, save me from this hour. I think we often do that a lot as well. We're like, Lord, save me from this hour. Save me from this time. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's the very reason why we're in this time is he's using something through that and then take us out of that. Um, to glorify his name and everything will be glorified by him and I think that's the biggest thing especially with this topic Mm -hmm. um, through mental health and through uh, all of our different types of mental health issues and Mm -hmm. doctors and medications that um, he's ultimately going to be glorified through and he's not intimidated by anything Um, and I'm I'm really glad that's just who our God is Mm -hmm. because he uh he provides, he sustains, he restores, he does all those things. But ultimately, he, he's, the, he's the final judge and has this say in what goes and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Especially as Christians, our lives are going to um, go around him. And I think there's a peace and a weight lifted off sometimes when we truly lay it at his feet. And be like, whether I need medication or whether I need to do something else, God, I know you're going to do something in the end regardless. So I, I love that about Christ. I love that that we can actually be able to say that and that during the process of these things we can love him and expect him to be glorified and that he will glorify the situation yeah and i i constantly think back to the there's this quote where it says there's no pit so deep that christ has not gone deeper still Mm -hmm. so who like why would i think that god is gonna leave me where i am unless i have turned away from him unless i have made that conscious decision to idolize something else that is not from him so who like why would i think that he's not going to be consistent and he's not going to be forgiving and a healer as the bible speaks of like he is always proven to be in where i am he's always with me in every moment of my of my life so why would i think that i'm going to be in the same spot that i was a year ago struggling with mental health if i'm turning to him Mm -hmm. if i'm talking to him if i'm praying to him if I believe his word, because it, I, all over in scripture, it says, like, Christ is light, Christ is joy, like, you find your strength in God, like, all things are possible with Christ, Mm -hmm. so, if we, if we truly believe scripture, and we truly believe all of these things, I'm not saying mental health is going to be easy, but it's going to be faceable, it's Mm going to be conquerable, just because Christ is in it, because you've turned to him and you're not letting that stronghold 
still have that impact because emotions are real, but anxiety is not from Christ. Like that's not at all God given. We can experience stress and adrenaline and those sort of things that comes from situations, but I don't believe that Christ would give us something that we cannot necessarily handle. And when I say that, I mean that God knows us more than we know ourselves. Yeah. So he's going to give us something that if we looked at it like paper, like on paper, we couldn't handle it. Mm. Our brain goes, absolutely not. I can't conquer that. Yeah. Christ knows our heart better than we know. Yeah. So he's going to place us in situations that are going to improve our character, improve our strength, improve our patience because he's developing us into the person he wants us to be. Yeah. So there's absolutely no pit so deep that Christ has not gone deeper still. Yeah. He's in it. He's always going to be in it. And we should not be the people to say, Christ has left me because I'm upset, because I'm sad. Yeah. Those feelings are normal and they are, they're good as long as we just face them with Christ. Yeah. I think with, I'm alive guys, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I'm going to touch on something Reagan just said. Um, you said that like with mental health and stuff or anything like with Christ it can be like faceable um like I like to tie that into like Micah chapter 7 because it literally starts off by saying how like the first verse is Micah literally saying how miserable Mm -hmm. I am I feel like the fruit picker after the harvest who can find nothing to eat not a cluster of grapes or a single early fig can be found to satisfy my hunger. Um, and he just talks about how, just with the situation he's in, how miserable he is. But then he goes on to say, but I look to the Lord for help. I wait confidently for God to save me and my God will certainly hear me. For though I fall, I will rise again. And then he states in verse eight, he says, though I'm sitting in darkness, the Lord will be my light. So. Like, I love tying that into mental health because, like, yes, it can be miserable and it can feel like it's not faceable. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, like, even for people who, like, you know, like, still take medications, like, even though they've surrendered, like, anxiety, depression, like, all that stuff to God, like, because we live in a sinful world, like, Mm -hmm. our bodies aren't just gonna, you know, be perfect after we surrender things to God. Like, can God take away you know, anxiety, depression, like chemical imbalance and fixed chemical imbalances. Yes, I believe he can. But even if he doesn't, like, we still need to acknowledge that, yes, it's going to be miserable, but Mm -hmm. we look to the Lord for light and for help. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think to touch on that as well is like what he just said, all of this kind of revolves around everything that happens bad in the world to disrupt scripture and like things like that. It's original sin is the reason why these things are happening. And like the moment you know Adam and Eve they sinned this is why these events have come after that and I think that's so important that mental health um, you know when we ask these questions why would God allow this to happen it's because of sin it's because of us it's because of our sinful nature so I think um, like you said it's more than even if what I like what you said is even if he doesn't Mm -hmm. and um, this is so true even if he doesn't he still will be glorified and this place isn't our home so when we when we pass away when we when we go to be with the Lord this place isn't it. So 
we don't always need healing, but our human sinful fallen nature thinks we need it now because we think that's what's best. Yeah. But it's not sometimes. God, Maybe God wants us to go through that to experience something. Maybe he wants us to go through it so he can teach us something mm-hmm. or just to teach the next generation. You know, so I think it's super important and that we realize the reason why this stuff happens is because of sin. Yeah. God does not cause these things. God does mm-hmm. not cause anxiety. I mean, it goes against his character and it goes against his word. Mm-hmm. So I think original sin and then this place is in our homes. Even if he doesn't heal us, even if those things don't happen, we have something to look forward to. And the Bible talks about yeah. that. That our joy is not found in here, but it's mm-hmm. found in the future glory to be present. Yeah. So, yeah, I just thought that was good. Yeah. I think of um, Ecclesiastes 7.3, where it says, Sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of face the heart is made glad. And I always think that um, no matter how much I'm upset or how much I'm sorrow, like, I will be renewed. My mind will be healed and my spirit will be alive. Like, I'm going to face so much more. And God is bringing me through certain challenges and trials just because... He knows I can handle it. He knows I can walk through this because I'm going to turn to him. So no matter how much I'm tripping and I'm falling as I'm chasing him, I'm still getting back up and I'm running because how Carter talked about in Micah 7, it says, though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. It talks about, uh, for though I fall, I will rise again. It's it's the constant um, perseverance and that chase that's just going to be our, our way t- out of this, out of that stronghold that mental health may have. Yeah, that's good. And then, like, yeah, like, also with all that stuff, <clears throat> like, I always love thinking about, like, when Paul, I can't remember what book it's in, but he talks about the thorn being tied to his flesh um, and how he's being tormented and with, like, certain things, and he literally begs God to take it away. He says three different times, mm-hmm. I begged God to take it away, but then God spoke to him and said, you know, my grace is all you need like my power works best in weakness um and then like I just love tying that to like things I experienced today like cause I still struggle with mental health um and like I have like in my walk with God like I have prayed many many times for God to like renew my mind and you know take you know take, take it away mm-hmm. um but I always follow up, up that prayer by saying, like, even if God, like, even if you don't take it away, um, like, I'm still going to glorify you. I'm still going to bring glory to your kingdom. Um, yeah. And, like, at the end of the day, like, his grace is all I need and his power does yeah. work best in our weakness, even if our weakness is, you know, chemical imbalances in our brain, you know? Yeah. And I think um, another verse that I really kind of look to when I'm going through a lot of the struggles is First uh, Thessalonians 5.17 which is pray constantly and give thanks and everything for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus um, I think when and also rejoice always also doesn't mean like in the good times and throughout the scripture and Paul's letters and all those things it talks about rejoicing in the bad things as well and rejoicing in God's discipline and those kind of things because it produces endurance it produces yeah. fruit it produces uh, even greater love for God and it builds us up so I mean that's the positivity of doing all those things is when we are weak he is strong yeah. um, when our weaknesses are taking over us when all of these mental health things and bad things are going on that he he will be glorified he will eventually take us through something um, whether it be on this earth 
or you know the next life that we have with him I think it's going to be uh, really really beautiful to see what he's done and just continuing to pray constantly and rejoicing mm -hmm. always yeah. is something that I think everybody can work on and just because it, it just builds us up and it produces mm -hmm. so much so yeah. definitely I agree um and like I stated like I stated earlier like I uh, mental health is something like I still struggle with and I know like Reagan you would say yeah you do too um and like you know Noah touched on earlier how like he's been delivered and mm -hmm. like from taking meds and stuff um which is absolutely amazing um but like we kind of want to talk about um how I wanted to ask you how the church has <laughs> like supported you in that sense like uh -huh. how yeah. as a Christian has the church supported you but mm -hmm. also failed you like tied to this mental health as you're struggling as you're trudging through all of these challenges do you feel support from the church or do you feel almost failed and how has that happened um well for me personally i would say just the church i mean obviously all three of us go to now yeah. i can gladly say that i am very supported um and I feel extremely blessed in that. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely have strong leaders like my peers, like Nolan Reagan, and then also like pastors and people on staff at the church mm -hmm. who have like literally gone out of their way to like care for me and be there for me. Yeah. Um, and like I think when things like that happen, we need to like take advantage of that help and not just brush it off um and i'm not saying this for like all churches and all pastors but i feel like a lot of people in the church today kind of like what we said pointed out at the beginning um they say you know like oh if you just surrender this to god like he'll take it away and like you're gonna have peace and you know you're gonna wake up tomorrow and everything's gonna be okay like the reality is is like that's not really how it works like a lot of I feel like a lot of churches lead like like they're not really real if that makes sense they're they always just want to like make their congregation like feel good yeah. um and like i don't think mental health is something that's talked about enough in the church um because so many people struggle with it um and i believe that there's so many people that are like scared to get help because they'll feel you know like they'll be talked down to yeah um or they'll find somebody to talk to you, but then they're afraid that person will be like, oh, well, everybody struggles with it, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, but I feel like within the church, like, um, men and mental health and stuff, it can definitely, like, tie into, like, spiritual warfare. Um, and I'm so thankful for, like, pastors at my church that realize that. Um, and they're not the type of people to, like, just sit and talk at you and then not like help take action with yeah. you like they like i'm blessed to have people that will literally like walk through yeah. um this stuff with me and like not only guide me like and give me guidance like on a medical like aspect mm -hmm. like making sure like i'm taking my meds and like talking to my psychiatrist but then also guiding me in like a spiritual aspect yeah. if that makes sense well i think back to um Isaiah 43 um, verse 2 says when you pass through the waters I will be with you and through the rivers they shall not overflow you when you walk through the fire you shall not be burned nor shall the flame scorch you so that almost 
just embodies his protection over us. And I think though those are physical struggles and those are physical challenges, mental challenges are just as real. They're just as valid and they are seen as well. So if he's going to protect us physically and in those challenges, I would, I would be so strong to say that he will protect us mentally. Yeah. He wants us to be renewed. He wants us to turn to him and Mm -hmm. he knows our heart. He knows what our deepest desires, our deepest cries, our deepest fears are. So he could, in the blink of an eye, take away all the things that we're struggling with physically or mentally. Yeah. So if he hasn't done that, there's obviously a reason why we're walking through all of these things. But I don't think it's bad to like not like mental struggles mm-hmm. like there's that challenge find joy but in, yeah. we have to like mm-hmm. Noah said we have to find joy in that like we have to turn to our master and just find the good things mm-hmm. because he has he still provides even in the waters even in the fire yeah he's he's still there with us mm-hmm. and um another verse in isaiah talks about how a bruised reed will not break mm-hmm. and a smoldering wick he won't snuff out yeah so i think that ties into our peers so I think we're called to not break that bruised reed. Yeah. We're called to not snuff out that smoldering that mm-hmm. smoldering wick. So we have to be that support as a church. And though we may not understand mental health in some aspects, though some people have not struggled with that, there is that sense that God has called us to be kind, gentle, um, courageous, all the fruits brave, of the spirit, yeah, literally mm-hmm. all of them. Like we are called to do that. So. We should be walking in his footsteps and be talking about how he has called us to have that kind gentleness with us in all aspects. We're called to love our neighbor. Mm -hmm. We're called to carry burdens. So I think that church has, in a way, been very good at that, especially our church. But I think there are aspects where, because mental health has been frowned upon, even in just the world, in worldly scenarios... That the church can kind of grasp that and be like, oh, it's not as real as physical struggles. Yeah. It's it's just your emotions and your your heart's a deceiver. So, like, your feelings aren't correct and you're mm. following your feelings more than you're following God. But that's a chemical thing, too. Yeah. And tying back to that medical aspect. Yeah. You have to see the, the resources that you have and be like, that's a chemical imbalance. Yeah. That is not something you are in control of. So, the church has, has done decently well at just being supportive and talking about how like we don't have to push them away we just have to be with them in that moment and how yeah. i was talking about we don't have to be caregivers we just have to be caregivers yeah we just have to be there with them just walk you yeah. don't have to tell them what to do or how to get out of it you just have to be there with them because i think the hardest part of mental health is just feeling alone in it yeah like that's what that's what weighs so much is because you don't you don't feel like you have anyone yeah. You don't. And so that adds to your anxiety. That adds to your depression. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot harder when you don't have people that support you to be surrounding yourself with. Yeah. That's why I think Isaiah 43 is so so important that we are not called to break that bruised reed. Mm-hmm. We are not called to take to burn out that wick. We are called to keep that fire going. We are called yeah. to just put a band-aid on it. We can, we can help. Yeah. So... I think the church has been decently good mm-hmm. at that. Yeah. Um, I think, just to touch on that a little bit, um, is that when a pastor or like pastors within the church, they're called to shepherd their sheep. Mm-hmm. The Lord gives them sheep to shepherd. And I think, you know, you think of Jesus as the good shepherd and all those things. Where they take, a shepherd takes care of the sheep. 
So why can't like a pastors and stuff like that take care of theirs, you know? And so I think within that, it's such a heavy weight that they have to carry as well mm-hmm. because I mean, they can't give us all the answers, obviously. But like Carter said, it, it, if they kind of like brush it off, if it's kind of, or you said, just like a, oh, your heart's a deceiver, like these kind of things, and they don't seem like they care, that's a big problem within that. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think there are many churches out there who do a wonderful job of that. I just think it needs to be talked about a little bit more because so many people go through it. Yeah. And so many people are afraid to stick up and be like, hey, I'm going through this right now because that pastor may not be going through that or have gone through that. Mm-hmm. But you still have those resources just within the church. And I don't think it's just um, pastors as well. It's, it's people who are involved in the church. It's people who are volunteers mm-hmm. that could help as well. But I think the biggest thing is if the pastors, if you're going to be a pastor or you are, that you have to shepherd your sheep. You, and that's just what God commands us to do and them to do and just carry their burden and help them and I think mm-hmm. our church has done a very very good job of that but yeah. and I'm sure there are other churches that have done a very good job of that but I do not want to um, slide that under the rug like it, it's not a problem and there's a lot of issues but I think mental, being, mental health as a whole in the church yeah. has become an issue and has not been talked about mm-hmm. um, enough but yeah that's, that's really good mm-hmm. I feel Go, go. Okay. No, I was going to say, I feel like a reason, like, why it's not talked about enough is because it's become so, like, normalized. And like I said at the beginning, like, people, like, abuse it um, and just kind of, like, treat it as a, what am I trying to say? Like, as a, like, just something that's, like, normal and everyday. Um, Because people all around the world, like, self are self-diagnosing themselves yeah um a lot of people claim they have mental health issues Mm -hmm. just to draw attention to themselves they claim identity yeah like they claim identity in it or they have some issue in life but then they use mental health as like a an excuse or like a way out um so i think it's just super important um like with the church as a whole that like even though not everybody has mental health disorders like the bible says like bear one another's burden so if like someone's burden is act like legitly like struggling with mental health like we're to carry that with them Mm -hmm. um like even if you don't have any experience with it like just simply be there for them like you don't have to have all the answers Mm -hmm. um but just literally walk through it with them because god is the one who's ultimately in charge like your job is just walk yeah, through yeah, with them. I agree. And I think it's how you said it's been so normalized. I just think it's because it's so visible, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have like eating disorders all over the place, mm-hmm. depression, bipolar, personality disorders. Um, those are medical things, those have been diagnosed. Um, and self diagnosis, how we talked about, is claiming an identity, but I also mm-hmm. feel like we do that with medical diagnosis, too. Yeah. Um, we use them as identity, as excuses, as ways out. Um, but that's, I think, the negative portion of how that stronghold can affect us. Mm-hmm. Um, physically, we can feel no energy. We Physically, we can feel um, just all over the place mentally. And we don't feel like we can focus. So would we be able to say, I'm going to conquer this and get work done or go do simple things like shower that's a that's a hard one mm-hmm. when you are mentally yeah. not feeling the best yeah. are you able to conquer those things and be like god i i find my strength in you um or, or are we finding identity yeah. in certain things so i think 
there's medical help and pastoral help that has been able Mm -hmm. to be resourceful and be able to be present, which the combination of them, the actual intertwining of them, I think is the only thing that I could notice. Mm -hmm. Where if I say I'm seeking help and they're like, oh, like what pastor do you talk to? I'm like, I'm seeing a counselor. Mm -hmm. Like I'm talking to a therapist. Mm -hmm. So being able to say confidently, I see a mental health professional because God gave me the resources to be able to see them and to be able to talk to them and to receive help. So I think that's what's been really good. But I want to reiterate again in Psalms 147.3 that he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Yeah. So walking forward, like today could be a completely clean slate for people. So walking forward, there's a challenge of believing that of turning to that is do you see the healing quite yet and if you don't lean into that pray to him Mm -hmm. talk to him be in his word so there's a challenge of that so look that just look at that throughout your life just turn to him and allow him to heal you allow him to bind up your wound yeah just turning to him I think also it's a sorry <laughs> it's okay go ahead just like this is really quick though because I really wanted to touch on this point I think mental health can also become like a temptation thing mm-hmm. and the temptation to idolize it and want to be able to sit in those feelings because it does feel so normal all the time yeah. but a verse I um, am going to pull up is 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. no temptation has come upon you except what is common to humanity but God is faithful but God mm-hmm. is faithful he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation he will also provide the way out again a way mm-hmm. out so that way you may be able, to be able to bear it. And it doesn't just go for lust, all of those, like, the things that we know, but it also goes for mental health and mental disorders and all those things. The key words yeah. for me is, but God is faithful, yeah. and mm-hmm. he also provide the way out. So he always provides a way out, and I want whoever's listening and all of us as a whole as well to be able to sit in that confidently, that mm-hmm. he provides a way out, whether that be through medication, mental health professionals, or just him, like, you know, in the church, wherever that may be, he will provide a way out. It's, it's abiding in him, trusting him, following him, and um, doing those those really, really good things. And yeah. just his spirit, asking him to teach him teach us his ways and those kinds of things mm-hmm. that can deliver us. But it definitely in, is and can be a temptation. But I think that's just such a big verse that we can sit on with that. Yeah, for sure. Facts. And like to back, back off of what you were saying, Noah, um, like I always love in the Bible whenever it says... Like, it'll state something, and then it'll say, but God, yeah, or yeah, but Jesus, yes. because, like, when it comes to, like, mental health, like, it can be very easy to lie to yourself, or to believe things that people say about you, mm-hmm. um, like, I know in the past, I've told myself, like, like, I've identified myself in the mm-hmm. past, like, with mental health, like, oh, I have a bipolar disorder, so that's my identity, or, like, I have anxiety, so that's my identity, but, like, it's cool because even though, like, yes, we all struggle with mental health and we have chemical imbalances in our head, we can say to ourselves, but because of Jesus, like, we're not going to be like this forever. Like, this is not our home. Yeah. Um, and, like, even in Psalms 42, like, mm-hmm. David, he was screwed up, honestly. <laughs> um, like, he even says in Psalms 42, he says, why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? But then he says, but I will put my hope mm. in God and I will praise him again and again. 
And then literally the verse right after that, he says, now I am deeply discouraged. But then he says, but I will remember you yeah. and all the things that Jesus has done for him. Um, and then he goes on again to be like how miserable he is. But then he says, but each day the Lord pour, pours his unfailing love upon me. Mm -hmm. um, and then he like he keeps repeating that. So like even though, like yes, we can be miserable over and over again, we have to remember that because of Jesus, like we have freedom in this, and like mm -hmm. we're not always going to be mm -hmm. stuck in this. Yeah, and I think with mental health, the last kind of point I have that is that the but God part. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes with our mental health illnesses and stuff like that, we like to put periods at the end of like oh I'm going yeah. through this period. That's it. But then, I guess, you know, we read a book and it says putting a comma, you know, right. after that, before mm -hmm. that, before we decide to put a period there, we can put that comma and then say, but God. Yeah. And I love that as well, too. Every time I read the word, it's always see but God, because it's always mm -hmm. he pulls through. We put our trust in him and everything is through him. So. Yeah, that's good. All right. Um. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'd like to close with like prayer and I just want everybody like I said before everybody listening I want you to just take in we're we're not professionals we're not theologians we're not but we want to be able to open up and be vulnerable and care for those who don't have a voice right now or people who don't have a church um, find a local church okay. find a pastor find people around you in community mm -hmm. who you can just um, be vulnerable around and talk about your mental health and those things but before any of that put God first mm -hmm. um, yeah. trust in him and it it I know it's so easy to just say trust in God, but it almost sometimes it's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. um, the Bible always talks about believe in me, yeah. believe in me, trust in me, don't worry. So all of those are promises. So anyone listening, I just really want you to understand that the Lord is with you through the, the mountain highs and through the valley lows. He, he is there and he will deliver you. Mm -hmm. um, and I really want you to get help professionally if you need that as well. And don't, don't push that aside because... Um, we have a pedestal to think because we're Christians that we can only rely on God and God provides those things as well. Mm -hmm. So um, should we close out with a prayer? Um, Reagan, you want to take the reins with that one? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for being so close to us who are brokenhearted, God. I, I, I thank you for restoring us, for renewing us, and for healing us. I just praise you for who you are. Lord, you are close to us and you save us and you are not leaving you are consistent and you are a healer lord i will fear no evil for you are with me because your rod and your staff they comfort me lord i i praise you just that you give us resources and give us people that we can lean on in the darkest valleys and in the highs god that we praise you for what you've given us lord help us to turn to you before anything before social media, before medications, before anything before us, God. Help us to stay consistent in idolizing you and, and loving you and turning to you. I just, I thank you for who you have, who have you, sh who you have shown us to be before us, God. You walk with us as we, as we go through challenges and trials, Lord. You will deliver us from evil. You will renew our minds, God. You have healed our spirit and our soul, Lord. Help us to be strong in you and to walk through this next challenge and trial that we know is before us with strength, with courage, and with you, Lord. Mm. Help us to see your hands over our lives as we walk. 
God and help us to chase you. And though we may stumble, that we get up and we are stronger than before, Lord. I thank you for just the time that we got to share our experiences and our thoughts, Lord. Thank you for being in these conversations, God. I thank you and I praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, we'll, I don't, I'm not sure what the next episode is going to be. Oh, yes, we worship. do. It's worship. Worship. Oh, worship. Oh, worship. Let's go. Listen, y'all. So the next, the next episode is going to be ready. about worship, and it's going to be Carter. Yeah, and, um, right. and Hold on. Okay, me, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's going to be uh, about worship, and it's going to be um, with Carter and Eden, right? And Vida. And Vida. And Alec. And Alec. Wow. Yes. So we got a lot of, a lot of guests lot of coming on. So I'm super excited for that. They're going to bring some fire. Bring some fire. And it comes out what day, Carter? November 8th. November 8th. You guys so really be, be ready, pre- y'all. Really be prepared for that. Um, we are so excited for that. We're so excited to even be able to do this podcast. Yes. And just today as well. Um, so I hope this podcast helps you guys. And it just glorifies the Father and glorifies God. So thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.